0: Open for What community sounds like. Stay up. craft beer friends and welcome to another episode of tap the craft podcast i am denny loose and my partner in craft is john ream and john how are you doing tonight
1: Yeah, i am completely worn out um working hard getting brewery stuff together and now i think my uh my spring fever allergies are going to kick in here in my new pollen environment oh. so I've been starting to get a little runny nose, a little itchy eyes, so I have to go get some meds and kick this thing before it gets full-blown.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's it's bad. It's bad already. I'll tell you what, in the last couple weeks, I have been hit, and I have never used to be sensitive to pollen and springtime and, I mean, allergies, but as I'm getting older or maybe as I'm getting maybe adjusted to the climate, Maybe I'm just getting old, but it's hitting me a lot harder. A year, you know, every year that goes by, and this year, man, it hit me hard. The last couple of weeks, where you know, science infection, you know, science headaches, and and runny nose, and and uh, sneezes. I mean, it's been crazy, and it, it's interesting that I, I'm not alone because obviously you're feeling it. Now, do you think you're feeling it because of the change of environment that that when you're in Washington, the the more moist you, you were maybe not affected because the moistness didn't affect you, but now you're back into a different environment. Maybe the, the trees and the, the wheats and stuff that's out there is affecting you more.
1: Um, no, I, I still was affected in Washington and the, the year we moved out there was great. Cause you know, everything blooms later there. Um, and so I, I got it twice. Oh, <laughs> I no. already kicked it for Ohio <laughs> and then I, I got it again in Washington. Um, But last year was actually my best year in in Washington. I barely had anything. Um, But uh, yeah, this year seems to be starting already. So it's not fun.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, take some medicine, kick it so you don't get uh, drugged down because you've got a busy
1: few months ahead of you. We don't want you getting worn out. Yeah, well, I have, I'm going to wear myself out without allergies. I don't need help in that regard. <laughs> That's true. That's true. All
0: right, John. Well, let's explain to our listeners what Tap the Craft Podcast is all about. And in case you are new to the show, Tap the Craft Podcast is an educational podcast. We focus around celebrating everything around craft beer. We want to help all of our listeners in their craft beer journey. And you are listening to Episode 73 And we're recording on Sunday, May 7th, 2017. And in this episode, we will be discussing easing in to dark beers with seven beers to try that are lighter on your palate. We also have a couple news articles, and you can always count on John and I having some fantastic beer conversation. And with that, John, let's start this conversation off with what you are drinking tonight.
1: So uh, now I'm back in the Midwest. I'm embracing the Midwest, even though they just started distributing to Seattle. I I've got some Founders All Day IPA.
0: Oh, All Day. So I
1: picked up a uh, 15 pack of this. <laughs> um, and um, I've only got a, a handful left, so. Oh, wow. Uh, so that's a, been a busy
0: a busy weekend for you, pounding these all dayers.
1: Uh, well, these I picked up last week and then I picked up some more another pack of beer <laughs> in okay. between. That's okay. almost gone as well. All right.
0: All
1: right. Are, are you finding that uh, you're
0: enjoying the new beer selections that are, you have available to you?
1: Um. Yeah, I mean, I I've had a number of it before, um, but there's a bunch of stuff places that didn't even exist when I left. You know. Um, but it, it's it's kind of nice going to the grocery store and not seeing all the exact same things. Yeah. Um, but soon they'll be the exact same things. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> so, what are you drinking tonight?
0: Well, I am paying tribute to the city that you left, Seattle, and uh, I'm I'm still drinking Elysian beers. You know, I know that you know they're no longer craft beer in a lot of people's eyes, but to me, they still make damn good beer, and I'm going to continue drinking it as long as they keep up the good work and. This is one of the beers that I really, really enjoy that I don't see all the time. I wish it was like a – I think it's a seasonal release, I, but I don't know.
1: Mm, uh, you I don't think so. You
0: don't think so? So this is Elysian's Avatar Jasmine IPA, and I, this is the first time I've seen this beer for a while. I look for it on the shelves every time I go into the store, and maybe it's just that in my stores here in the Boise area, they don't stock – All of Elysian stuff they kind of handpick the stuff they think is gonna sell you know quicker but this jasmine IPA is is really good I love the jasmine uh, you know flowery floral flavors that is in you know in this IPA that it just makes me feel good so when I I was walking through the store we we went in the store to get some uh, dishwashing liquid to do some dishes and I said, hey, honey, let me just go look and see if there's anything that, you know, just stands out. And we went by, and I saw this uh, Avatar Jasmine IPA on the shelf, and I just went over and grabbed it. So said, okay, let's go. I'm ready. And I- I'm really enjoying it. i am already got my first, it's a 22-ounce bottle. I already got half of it gone. I'm now finishing off the second half as we chat. But uh, if you can get a lesion in your area, I recommend uh, trying this. If you, you know, if you don't mind some floral... Jasmine flavors John,
1: what is your thought on this beer? Uh, it's been a while since I had it, but uh, I th- think i I just kind of noted it for its floral kind of kind of stuff um, but it, uh, for me, that's not my style of IPA uh, the floral more floral um, type character so um it's good but it's not wouldn't be my go-to. okay okay i agree
0: that floral is not my go-to either i agree that i'm more the piney i love piney hops i love citrus hops those are probably the ones that i gravitate to more now actually and recently i've really been digging all that crazy tropical stuff has been coming out but it is nice to change it up from the stuff i normally have and have something that is more floral and this one hits
1: hits a spot, so um, yeah. So I did check, and it is it is listed for their year rounds, but it's one of four year round IPAs. So I wonder if you know maybe folks are rotating what they're buying to bring in you know for IPA. Okay,
0: okay. I, I see so. I see Savant IPA a lot, right? That one's here all the time, and I the, the beers that I see from Elysian they're like year round staples. Dragon Tooth Stout a great stout. I love that stout. The, the, uh, Savant IPA. Um, you know what I don't see very much
1: is the men's room. You know? Oh yeah. That that's year round. That's everywhere in Seattle.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it, it used to be everywhere here too, but honestly, I can't even remember the last time I saw it. Last time I saw men's room on the shelf was in Seattle. That's the last time I saw it. So it's interesting that, they really do hand pick just a few of their beers to get out here, which is sad because I'd love to see this jasmine one come out more often. So Okay then. Well, you know what? We were we chatted a little bit before we started recording and we both realized that we really haven't done anything, f- you know, f- beer related fun activities since our last recording. So guess what, John? Uh we're going to have to skip that segment. Is that okay?
1: I guess okay, we could just sit here in silence for five minutes,
0: yeah, we could, and let everyone just <laughs> fill in the blanks for what they you know fun stuff they did, but John hey, they,
1: they could create an adventure for us,
0: yeah, you know. yeah, well, speaking of adventures, why don't you talk about your adventure with trek brewing what What interesting, fun news can you tell our listeners that's going on with Trek Brewing right now?
1: um well, I mean, last time we talked, we had a whole bunch of stuff happening, um. And right now it's, it's, uh, slowed down a little bit. We, uh, I think we're pretty much finalized our construction plans, um, for the better renovations that we have to do. Um, so that's good. I'll, I'll hopefully get started on that pretty soon. Um, and the, the kettles the my bigger kettles for my pilot system upgrade should ship this week. So that's exciting.
0: Oh, good. I thought but. they were already here because for some reason I thought I saw photos of of uh, kettles, but I must have been looking at something else. I don't know. Maybe it was some other some other brewery. Actually, you know what? I think Trek Brewing. I think uh, Kristen was uh, had. I don't know if she retweeted or she had shared another small brewery that's around your area that just got some. Uh, fermenters in maybe that's what i was thinking of some smaller fermenters. Yeah
1: an- another brewery coming to Newark Ohio just like us. Wow so
0: it's like a, is it yeah. a is it like a garage brewery because it seemed like it was like a small garage type brewery Where's
1: Um it? no it's not uh it's in a like commercial space um but it's a it's a standalone building that i think uh, used to be a um garage like a mechanic garage okay so it probably is you know that's why kind of has that feel to it um it's actually a property we looked at um when we were doing our search um, but we went in a different direction so. okay okay well so
0: you obviously don't think there's any news but there's been news about trek brewing i've been following it like crazy on the facebook page and I'll tell you what John, I think we need to bring your wife on the show to talk about Trek Broom because she's full of information. She released an article or a, a, a blog entry about location, 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 chock full of all kinds of interesting I you know items that you don't talk about on the show.
1: True. Yeah, <laughs> I guess I guess when we get to this point, and you're like, any anything new? And I'm like, nope, because I've known all that stuff for a long time, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like none of that's changed.
0: <laughs> well, let's just tell our listeners that uh, go to the Facebook page. You can go to our Facebook page or Trek Brewing's Facebook page. Check out the link to the website, trekbeer.com, where Kristen, his John's wife, is constantly, once a week at least, putting up an article discussing all the the nitty details about their adventure building this brewery. So go check out the site. Uh, I, I love uh, reading the stuff. I, you know, I, I make jokes. I, you know, I hope that you guys take my comments about I need more, more updates and more photos and stuff. As I'm just
1: joking with you, but I do want to as much as I can. But uh, <laughs> no, it's we just chalk that up to that old crazy guy from Idaho. Yeah, for, yeah, but it's
0: uh, fine. Yeah, but, <laughs> but if you guys are curious about the, how the breweries come in, go check out check trekbeer.com, and uh, they, they, they're keeping it up to date right there. So get, get all the information you need. All right, John, how about some noteworthy beers that you drank? You know, now that you're in Ohio, I want to be hearing about some of these Ohio breweries that I need to come visit when I come visit you. I mean, besides Trek Beer, Trek Brewing, I need to visit <laughs> some other ones, too. But when I come see you, guess what? Uh, I'm going to be visiting some, you know, some other places, too. Don't get jealous.
1: I won't be jealous. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I'll start in Ohio. Then I have a couple others from not Ohio. So, uh first one is from jackie o's it's their oro negro which is an imperial stout and the version i had was with uh vanilla uh cacao and habanero and cinnamon i believe okay um so chock full of stuff and this thing was absolutely delicious um there there was no uh heat or at least distinguishable heat coming through from the uh habanero um but you did get a little bit of the pepper flavor thing going on but uh the vanilla chocolate cinnamon combo was kind of uh, at the forefront yeah um for it but it was really smooth and uh enjoyed a, that one a lot uh Kristen and I, we so we we got this and the next beer that I'm going to talk about, and we kind of like I I just bought them both without knowing whose was going to be whose, set them down on the table, and we, we both kind of like drank this one and stared at each other for a couple of minutes while we were trying to figure out who could take it. <laughs> so, <laughs> you, mean, um, you guys don't split
0: the beer equal equal halves?
1: No. Oh. No. Well, I mean, we'll i whoever ended up with it would not have complained if the other person just took sips whenever they wanted, but it's kind of who which one's gonna be in front of me and which one's gonna be in front of you, yeah, uh, kind of stare down um but I got the beer, so
0: okay, okay. Does that means she got the next one then right
1: yeah, so she got the next one, which uh is from Renegade, and it's their pancakes maple porter, which kind of just tastes like maple syrup um. <laughs> but it had all that maple character without being uh like really really sweet um and like no not cloying in in any way like that mm-hmm. uh but uh yeah that one was pretty good too um so it kind of a couple breakfast dish beers
0: okay, <laughs> okay. where's do you know where renegade is out of
1: uh, i think it, they're in colorado oh really um if i remember the board The place we were at had like sixty-five beers, um, and they had like the state, and I think that's where that one was from. But I okay. read a lot of beer descriptions that day, so True. I could be mixing it up. Okay, okay. Um, and then the last one I'll I'll mention is uh, from Dewclaw. Oh, yeah. Their sweet baby Java. Oh. Um, which uh is that the same? Uh, you know, sweet baby Jesus, peanut butter. Uh, Porter. Uh, but with coffee. It, yeah. Is
0: it coffee and peanut butter, or the peanut butter is gone and it's just coffee?
1: Uh, no, it's the same base w- with coffee infused into it. Um, so I said that in a way that was it's still confusing. confusing. So it's, so it's so peanut it's, butter it's, and, it's, and you coffee. You take Sweet Baby Jesus and okay. you add coffee to it.
0: Okay, gotcha, gotcha.
1: Um, <laughs> and we actually did these side by side. Uh, so we picked up... A bottle of each. Um, One of the grocery stores has a pick six section. Mm -hmm. Um, So we, Kristen, threw together a six pack for my birthday, and these two were in there Um, because I had pointed at them when we were. (laughs) I I pointed (laughs) at six packs when we were there, like when we first got here and we're loading up on groceries, Um, and I was like, "Oh, look, we're in their footprint now." And so she grabbed them both for me. Um, but yeah, so we tried them side by side, and I preferred the version with the coffee. I okay. thought it made it the beer better. Okay. Um, I thought the the peanut butter port, porter on its own was, well, it's all right, a little nuttiness. But I think as the one of the sweet baby Java, as it warmed up with the coffee, the coffee started to come out like really nicely. And I thought it was, uh, it was a better beer. So if you like Sweet Baby Jesus and you like coffee, then I recommend getting Sweet Baby Java because I think it's better. Okay. So I look forward
0: to trying the Java version. Now, had you had either of these beers before or is this the first time trying both
1: beers? First for both. Oh, wow. Okay. So, yeah. Um, but, you know, it, and it's one of those things that – uh I, I don't know if maybe everybody talking about the sweet baby Jesus for a long time, mm-hmm, maybe mm-hmm. built myself up for it a bit, but, um, Kristen preferred that version. I think. Okay. I remember that night correctly. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So you you had a few uh, beers that night or was it just for that? Long um, it, it's also, I've been just working so hard that I'm, um, I'm tired and I don't remember okay. things okay. as well at the, that happened at the end of the day. Yeah. So that, that's my, that's um, my day every day. <laughs> yeah. But that's because of old yeah. age. <laughs> yeah. I can't blame it on that yet. <laughs> so, uh, so how about you? What are your, uh, new
0: noteworthy beers? Okay. I, you know, John, I, I think I'm probably going to be close to a hundred beers above you here shortly because I've been, you know, keeping it at my normal pace. And I had, I I couldn't just pick three noteworthy beers because there was four beers that really stood out to me this last two weeks that I want to talk about. So the first one, I'm going to talk about the one I gave a perfect five cap rating to. And it's of a style that really surprised me because I'm not a big fan of this style. I mean, I don't have a problem with it. It's just that for the most part, the style doesn't meet what I like in beer, and it's from Mother Earth Brewing and it's called the Cali Creamin' Cream Ale. And yes, John, I just gave a perfect five <laughs> cap rating to a Cream L. This Cream, nice. this Cream L was so damn good. It had a big vanilla, cre- a creamy vanilla flavor that just, I don't know, it was like drinking cream soda with an alcohol, you know, kick you know, a little punch to it. I I loved it, and I'll be drinking six packs of this this summer because this is a summer, summer drinker that just quinces, just, I don't know, just provides it. It has a little bit of sweetness, but it's not too sweet. It's got really creaminess. It's got a great vanilla flavor. I fell in love with it. Uh, I drank, I mean, I literally drank that can down probably in about, you know, two minutes. It was gone. I just couldn't stop drinking it. So anyone that is in the Mother Earth Footprint and cal- Calic Creamin, Creamel is in your area. Go grab a, at least a can and try it. See if you have the same reaction I did. Uh, and you might be you know, buying six packs of this yourself. So, John, I have to ask, while you're in the West Coast area, I, or do you even get Mother Earth in Seattle or not?
1: Uh, I feel like I've had it a couple of times, but I don't know if that was when we were in California or not. Okay. Um but I have not had this one.
0: Okay, so. all right. So I might need to put a pair, a care package together for you. Uh, and it's it's weird that I would think about putting a cream ale into the, into a care package. But yeah, it is uh, it is good. Uh, I mean, for all your hop heads out there, yeah, you're not going to be happy with it. But for people that are really enjoying other styles, I think to me this this cream ale is the best cream ale i've probably ever had i really enjoyed it that much so there you go
1: nice yeah and it has a composite 378 which i think if you looked across that style you probably aren't going to get very many that are that are that high (laughs) even above even at 35 so yeah it's good it's good I'm, i'm like i said i'll be buying six
0: packs of it this summer it's it was that good all right now john here's a a brewery that you know that I really enjoy. I've I've sent some your way. You've enjoyed them too. It's Heretic Brewing out of uh, California, F- Fairfield, California. And they released a lager. And I have visited the brewery, and when I visited the brewery, they didn't have a lager. So they just released a lager uh, yeah, re- so
1: recently. Yes, in posted uh, cans yeah. on Twitter, I think.
0: Yeah, so. in cans. It's in a can. It's a Hellas lager, and I'll tell you what, John... My gosh, this Hellas Lager is fantastic! Again, I need to go get a can of this and put it in a care package with, the, with the cream ale. Uh, it, it is really good, and John. I think you would fall in love with this beer. Uh, I gave it four and a half. Again, I'm trying to cut back on my fives. It 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 could be a five cap lager, it really could, but I don't want to overdo it. I you know I've, I've been giving a lot of fives this year. And I need to come up with a you know I need to narrow my list of uh end of year best of best of two thousand seventeen beer list a little bit, so I can't be given that many fives. Um but John, this is a great beer. Um do you think Heretic will ever come to Ohio?
1: Who knows, maybe.
0: <laughs> if they get bought out,
1: maybe. It, well, they they've been expanding uh their distribution footprint. Yeah. and um, I know they they are on the East Coast, so who knows? Maybe okay. eventually they'll hit flyover country.
0: Okay. Okay. Don't <laughs> worry. Don't worry. I will put together a care package for you. Try to All right. that one.
1: That's, you know, second mention of it, so <laughs> expecting something soon. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: All <laughs> right. The next one is from, again, this is another brewery in Seattle, Georgetown Brewing. And this is a GABF award winner. Now, I don't remember if, what what medal they won, but it's the Bodizaffa IPA.
1: Did they win a gold or... I think they won a gold. A gold. Yeah.
0: And I have been waiting for this beer to come to my area since the announcement of them winning the award last year. And uh, I finally... I, and actually, you know what's great is... is Untapped is the one that, that kind of told me this beer was available. And one of the people I follow locally, she checked into it. She tagged that she was at the... Uh, growler guys in meridian drinking it and as soon as i saw that check-in i said okay tomorrow we're going and i'm going to grab a crowler of this beer because i'm not going to miss out of, of trying it and so i did made my first visit to the growler guys which i guess it's a chain that's in the northwest or on the west coast at least and i'll tell you what i was impressed they had 52 beers on tap you can get a pint locally, you know, you can drink it right there, you get a pint of, of a beer, you can buy a crowler, you can you can fill a thirty two ounce growler or a sixty four ounce growler. They they provide it all. So I went in there and grabbed a crowler of this and I'll tell you what, fantastic. I really, really enjoyed this beer and uh, I understand why they, they won a medal. It's it's really good.
1: You you like this one yeah, too, John. It is a really yeah, it is really good. And they they have some variants. They have a Bodie Light, um, which is like a session version of it. Um, that's good, but I prefer the original. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, Georgetown does some really good stuff all yeah. around. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and Georgetown doesn't package,
0: so you got to get it at the brewery or on tap somewhere. And I was grateful that I was able to get Crowlers. Cause, but you know what? Here's the funny thing is I went last Sunday, um, I stopped in and grabbed two crowlers, one of this and one of another one. I went back home, did some yard work, came in, wanted to cry. I, I figured I'd have one on Sunday and maybe the second growl- the second crowler on Monday or, or Tuesday. And I ended up popping this one, drank this 32 ounces down pretty quick. And then, you know what? I was like, you know what? I got another crowler in the fridge, pop that 32 <laughs> ounce, and drank it too. So I I should have just got a – I could have got a growler. Because I just drank two, three, two ounce, you know, beers in basically one sitting. So I, I guess, I guess maybe, you know, I don't know. I, I, I like the smaller size though. I really like the option not to drink sixty-four ounces in one sitting.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> All right, one, one last. I'm just beer. thinking of
1: your. Uh, your resolutions that constantly come in that you're going <laughs> to lower your uh, your intake. Yeah. Yeah. And there you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it
0: doesn't it's not working. Although I will say that I went to I went to visit my daughter uh yesterday. I talked to you about it before the show, John, that I went and uh and to see my daughter on the weekend and I went and bought a six pack of a uh, of some cans and you'll be proud of me. I didn't drink the whole six pack while I was there. There you go. <laughs>
1: I'm cutting back. (laughs) I'm proud of you.
0: Yeah. All right. So the last beer I'm going to talk about is one of the beers that our listener, William Lake, provided me. He's from Kentucky. And this is a Kentucky beer. It's from West Sixth. uh, West Sixth. I can't even say that. Sixth. Sixth. Thank you. (laughs) Uh, Brewing. And it's called the Snake Eyes Imperial Stout. And I'll tell you what, this Imperial Stout was fantastic, has some great roasty character, big, great mouthfeel. I mean, everything I enjoy in a stout this thing had in it, and it was Imperial, so everything was like amped up to the next level, but not boozy. And I, I really appreciate when a 10% beer can provide all the greatness that I like in the beer without coming across being overly boozy, and it wasn't. It was a really good imperial stout, so John, I know that you're right on the edge of the Kentucky border there, right? well, you're in the middle of Ohio, but you should still might be able to get this beer in your area, right?
1: yeah, I might be able to now, um I have to look yeah, I saw it on the list, and I was confused as to how you got your hands on it, but that makes sense, yeah, yeah, so. There you go.
0: I wanted to tell you, John. Try to find this one. I think you'd enjoy it. I'd like to hear your comments on it. And uh, I just want to again thank William Lake for sending me the beer. I'm still, I still need to put together some care packages for all of our great listeners that have sent me beer over the last few months. So I, I haven't forgot about you, Tim, Amanda, and William, uh, and John. You too. So I got four packages to send out. Whew, All right, John. That that was my noteworthy beer. That was pretty pretty outstanding. I, a, a wide variety too of of styles.
1: Yeah, you're
0: all over the map. Yeah. yeah. All right. So now it's time to just uh, go and review some of the feedback that we received from our last show. And this wasn't uh, necessarily from the last show, but it was very important to for me to make sure I recognized. Uh, a listener who took the time out to leave us an iTunes review. And uh, this is from the the iTunes review was left, uh, I think it was April 27th, but I didn't see it until after our last recording because iTunes, for some reason, waits like a week before they approve the the reviews. I don't know why it waits so long. But I went ahead and saw it after we recorded last time and and got the show out. But I want to make sure I thank Chad LaMassa, for the fantastic iTunes review that he left us, I mean, I just want to thank you for taking the time to leave the review, and of course, for busting through all seventy-two episodes in three months. Um, that's that's impressive. That's that's on the level of Chris McKenzie, uh dedication to listening to all our shows. So, thank you, Chad, for the great review. Uh, I, I I was just uh, I mean, really good job. And I just want to, you know, we don't, we stopped kind of uh, promoting the IT review or trying to get people to do it because people just don't want to do reviews. But since Chad did leave a review, I'm going to go ahead and just say, hey, listener, if you enjoy what John and I do by providing you with this podcast, it's not, we don't ask for much. I mean, we accept your beer. Please send beer. But if you don't want to send beer, you can do something really easy. All you got to do is just visit iTunes. And leave a review. It doesn't have to be lengthy. It could be a few words just saying what you like about the show. Or it could just be, you know, a star rating. Whatever you feel like doing would be great. But we literally only have have less than 3% of our listener base has left reviews. And that is pretty sad, you know. I know a lot of people enjoy listening to the show. We just invite you to please go and and help us promote the show through iTunes by leaving a, a quick review. All right, John, I wrote a quick little note about Amanda. You want to read uh, Amanda's uh, note?
1: Yeah, Yeah, Amanda mentioned on Facebook that she enjoyed episode 72 during her back-to-back road trips to Ohio, and she said we were her favorite podcast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And soon she'll write an essay of one, and then we'll be <laughs> sad again. But, no, 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 I don't know. care. I'm not, I'm not looking for the number that she listens to. If
0: she says that... We're her favorite podcast. That's all that matters. I don't care if it's... Even by by default. Yeah, even by default, it still matters. (laughs) So, yes, thank you, Amanda. Thank you for putting us in your ears while you drive back and forth from uh, Akron, Ohio, to Pittsburgh. Uh, And why you did it uh, two days in a row, I don't know. But, hey, I'm glad because you got to listen to that much more of us. So that's good.
1: Yeah, and if you ever head dead center into Ohio, let me know.
0: Isn't Akron, how far is Akron from uh, Columbus?
1: It's up towards Cleveland. Okay, so it's that two
0: hours. is it two hours drive?
1: Mm, probably an hour and a half, okay. two maybe, depending on how far you had to jump off the highway. Okay, so. all right.
0: All right, and if you would like to contact the show with your comments or questions, you can reach us through email at tapthecraft at or on Twitter at tap the craft and of course feel free to follow us on facebook at facebook.com slash tap the craft and of course we want to take the time to thank open forum radio network for supporting our show and providing the hosting space at openforumradio.com. and if you enjoy the content that john and i put out then we believe you will find some more great content from the following shows hey you thank you so much for listening to tap the craft with denny and john now i know you're
1: a crafty consumer and if you would like to consume other great podcasts, check out openformradio.com. We house such podcasts as Operform Radio Proper, The 40 Cast, Geeks
0: for the Win, I Recommend, Just Press Start, The Married Gamers, Gamer Husbands Radio, The OMG Hour, Gamers Unscripted, Lost Treasures of Gaming, Primetime, My Peanut Gallery, and many, many more. And please remember to leave these fine fellas a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to this show. Again, thank you so much for listening to tap the craft all right now it's time for the brew buzz segment and the brew buzz is devoted to discussing various beer related topics and this week we discuss easing in to dark beers with an article from the brewers association called new to craft beer The seven dark lagers are easy on the palate and this is as i mentioned is on craftbeer.com website and the article is by matthew powers and uh, i'm we're just going to go ahead, and I thought this was a great article to talk about introducing dark beers to, you know, to a new craft beer person. And a lot of times, you know, when John and I speak of introducing beers, we we don't necessarily go with the dark beers. We go with lighter lagers and, and, and ales that are closer to what either people that are currently drinking uh, domestic uh, uh, big beer beers or... If they don't like beer at all things that are light on the palate that aren't going to you know do too much stress to them but we don't usually talk about the darker beer so I thought this article was really interesting and it starts off saying that the bitter IPA's and the boozy barrel-aged beers uh, might stock the palate if you're trying to introduce curious newcomer to craft beer instead it's generally better to handle or to hand them a beer style that simultaneously feels familiar and also enlightens. and they say that beer is dark lagers they embody both those traits and um, the german style schwarzbier's dunkels box and american dark lagers might seem intimidating but appearances can be deceiving because you know whenever someone sees a dark beer they they think that's going to be you know very flavorful or too strong or too bitter you know something that's going to inter, you know that's going to mess up their their taste buds but they don't have to be that way. Some of these dark lagers are actually very, very light. Uh, well, good, good on flavor, but not too fatiguing on the palate. So they say dark lagers drink like their golden counterparts, but enjoy exquisite depths of, f- of flavors that demonstrate a brewer's skill and imagination. So if you're trying to get a friend to see the light, have them try something dark. And they had seven beers that they want to talk about. Now, the first five beers are all black lagers, also called Swartz beers. And craftbeer.com has, which I just discovered, these great beer-style guides uh, on their website. There's a nice resource that provides a brief description and a breakdown of the styles. Now, normally, John and I, when we do our tasting notes segment, we do all of our notes based off the um, BJCP and beer judging certification program. Right, John? Correct. Okay, good. I got it. I nailed it. Um, and that's because the BJCP guidelines provide a lot more depth into the style, style so that we can explain you know, a lot more of how a judge would judge the style. But if you are new to craft beer and you just want a general idea of what these styles are all about, I recommend going to craftbeer.com and uh, just selecting that tab it says beer styles and then choose the beer style you want to learn more about and it gives a great little synopsis of it tells you what the malts and stuff in it what you're going to be tasting it's pretty much everything that we talk about in our detailed tasting notes but in a more like crib note style that's uh really enlightening and i really enjoyed it so yeah i just wanted to let you guys know that so with that starting off um Because we're going to be started, we're going to be talking about three different styles. When we're going to do a quick little breakdown of that style, not detail like we normally do, but just a a quick synopsis of what the style is about, so you understand what this beer is about. So the first one, John, since I've been chatting away, is the uh, German style Schwarzbier. So you want to go ahead and and uh, just discuss what the German style Schwarzbier is all about.
1: Yeah, so German style Schwarzbier, uh, it says sometimes called black lagers, uh, but Schwarzbier actually means black beer. So black beer, yes. Uh, um, but it's, they may remind some of German style Dunkels, but short, beers are drier, darker, and more roast oriented. Uh, these very dark brown to black beers have a surprisingly pale colored foam head, uh, not excessively brown, uh, with good cling quality. They Have a mild. Roasted malt character without the associated bitterness, mm. and malt flavor and aroma is at low to medium levels of sweetness. Okay, okay. What what is? Do you have any
0: uh, insight on black beer that you've uh, you know come across in your beer
1: judging that
0: you like to talk about?
1: Um, I've never actually judged that category or brewed it. Um, oh, so from that side, no. But I can say when it as Schwartz beer beers done well it is one of my favorite beers yeah um i love this style Me too. and not enough people do it i agree so
0: all right so with that being said john is this a style that you might because you love it i love it not many brewers do it is this a style you might consider trying out at trek brewing
1: Maybe, um, (laughs) you know, I would imagine the reason a lot of folks don't do it is because it's a locker and it takes longer, Yeah, you know? Um, so that ties up a tank that you could be, um, churning IPA through since that's what everybody wants these days. So, um, yeah, if I, if I have the tank space, I would love to try this out and see if we can do it, you know, Mm -hmm. do it well. Okay. Okay. Let uh, me give just because you... I I love the beer. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah. Let me give you a hint. Uh, you're going to have your your one barrel pilot system. Now you haven't talked about this, but I'm assuming you're going to have some one barrel fermenters that you're going to be using for this pilot system too. Is that correct, or are you going to ferment in in carboys? Uh, one barrel fermenters. But you, so you're going to have a, a few of those, or just one? A few. Okay. Yeah. So. Maybe you can uh, have a couple of these fermenters hooked up to the chiller, and do some loggers on a smaller scale, and provide some of the, you know, at, at your brewery you can supply some of these loggers styles that you wouldn't want to do necessarily on a big system right away. And if they, if people love them, then guess what? You can then spend the tank space to do it for real. Yeah. Okay, sorry. I didn't mean to to twist your arm on that, but I agree. I love this style, <laughs> and I wish more people do it. And when, when it's done well, it's a very enjoyable beer. All right, so John, why don't you go ahead and take the first uh, couple that they mentioned here. They mentioned five,
1: so take the first couple. Sure. So uh, up first is the Magnetron Black Lager uh, from Metropolitan Brewing in Chicago. And uh, it's actually won silver medal at the 2016 uh, World Beer Cup um, mm. for German-style Schwartz beer. It says it's roasty and rich, almost dark chocolatey, but super clean and dry on the finish. Yeah. So yeah, it's,
0: it's a silver-winning yeah. World Cup silver winner, so it's got to be good.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, up next is actually my very first introduction to this style, mm-hmm. um, and maybe a lot of people's, uh, is the 1554 Black Lager yeah. from uh, New Belgium. Yeah, um, yeah, and uh, it, says it pours a gorgeous mahogany with malt, accompanied uh, by s- subtle notes of fruit, herbs, spice, and coffee. Uh, the beer itself has the roasty malty and chocolatey notes of a porter or stout, but the light lighter lager yeast leaves gives it a very approachable and satisfying drinkability. And I know a lot of folks in. Uh, towards the end of college that uh had to kind of transition to this as their you know their craft beer um even though chasing craft beer wasn't really a thing yet mm-hmm. yeah um at that time but you know this was <clears throat> what they'd get if they didn't want you know big beer
0: yeah so. yeah in fact that beer is fantastic i now it only comes out like in fall and winter time right I don't think they release it all year round.
1: I don't recall.
0: Yeah, I I remember only seeing it during their because I'll buy the new Belgian sample packs every season. I'll buy you know I'll buy one or two and because they usually have their seasonal rotations in there, and it seems like always during winter time, fall to winter time they'll throw in these fifteen fifty fours. And I'll tell, you, I love this beer. I I mean they go down. There's the first beers I drink when I when I see them in the pack. I really enjoy. Uh, this one. So this is a beer that should be available to everyone in the country, I, I believe. So uh, if you want to try the style, I think this is a good one to look for. All right. I'll take the next couple. Uh, the, the next one is from Salt Lake City, Utah. It's from Uinta Brewing. It's called the Baba Black Lager. little play on Baba Black Sheep. And it says, Baba, a five-time medal-winning and certified organic black lager, includes a few attributes common to smoke porters. It has a pleasant malt aroma that graces the drinker's nose before the beauty of the caramel malt flavor is enjoyed. Baba's smoky surprise lingers in the background, provides depth. The beer feels like a standard lager, but will certainly wake up a craft newcomer's palate from his slumber. And uh, I've had
1: this beer. I don't.
0: Have you had it, John? Or does you went to make yes. it up? Yeah.
1: I've, I've had that one. Um, yeah. I don't. I don't know that I could get it now, but you went to was all over. Uh, Seattle. Yeah,
0: so. yeah. So uh, Uinta's all over Boise area too, and they have been a hit or miss uh, brewery for me. Um, this is one of the ones I enjoyed. and there's a their double IPA detour IPA is really good. Um, there's a few that are are really good. In fact, um, there was an article that was posted on an uh, from a, a visitor to our Facebook site, uh, David. Yo, Jimbo 2000, he posted a thrillist.com article that listed the best brewery in all 50 states. Now, of course, I, I raised a BS flag because obviously <laughs> whoever wrote this article didn't visit Idaho and may not have visited Utah, Colorado, or, uh, what was the other one that they, uh, they messed up on? Oh, Oregon. Um, because I disagree with their picks, but um, they picked Uinta as the best brewery in Utah, and I, I disagree. There's I think there's better breweries uh, in the area, but they do have some good beers, so I'll, I'll give them that. And this is a good black lager uh, to give a try uh, if you want to try the style. The next one, guess what? It's another smoky one, although I don't think the Baba one is that smoky. I think it has hints of it in there. This one might be a little bit more smoky, and this is uh, Smokin' Dagger Black Lager from Jack's Abbey in Farmington, Massachusetts. It says it's a black lager smoked porter hybrid, but the smoky campfire notes are not at all overpowering, and they really accompany the other flavors and aromas of chocolate and caramel. It has a great mouthfeel, not too heavy and not too light, which makes it very drinkable and a good gateway to other beers of this variety. So that one, I never even heard of Jack's Abbey, um, but that one seems like it might be a little bit stronger for someone new to the, the style, but Hey, you never know. Maybe it's uh, just right. Have you heard of yeah, Jack Shabby?
1: No, I'm not familiar with that one either. Okay. So, all right. And, uh, the last black lager is from Shiner. It's their 97 Bohemian black lager. Um, and, uh, uh, visually, Shiner 97 is a twin to a stout beer with an opaque black color and tan head. However, the light bodied dark lager can be consumed like cold water on a hot day, <laughs> which, you, which you need in Texas. Yeah. I uh, this is the moderate uh, carbonation also reminds one of a Pilsner, albeit more subdued. Alongside the prevalent malt sweetness, flavors involve uh, gentle toastiness up front, a hint of oat in the middle, and a slight hoppiness at the end. Yeah. So,
0: Have you had this one yet?
1: No, I have not had this one.
0: So I haven't logged it in a tap, but I'm pretty sure I've had it when I was in Texas. Um, so, yeah, it's one I need to look up and, and try again if it comes out in my area. We do get Shiner. We do get a variety of their stuff here in, in my areas. You just got to wait for this one to come out. So it look, looks interesting. It's one I, I think I'd enjoy. All right, John, why don't you go ahead and, and read uh, the next style we're going to be talking about? Uh, just give the
1: synopsis of that. Sure. And that's the uh, German style Doppelbach. Uh, it says Doppel meaning double. Uh, the style is a bigger and stronger version of the lower gravity German style Bach beers. Uh, originally made by monks in Munich, uh, this style is very food friendly and rich in melanoidins, reminiscent of toasted bread. Uh, Color is copper to dark brown. Uh, Malty sweetness is dominant, but should not be cloying. Uh, Malt character is more reminiscent of fresh and lightly toasted Munich-style malt, more so than caramel or toffee malt. Uh, Doppelbocks are full-bodied, and alcoholic strength is on the higher end. Yeah. Yeah. So
0: I'm a huge fan of Doppelbock, but I'm only a huge fan of the Doppelbocks that don't have the boozy alcohol flavor. The ones that are coming across too boozy, I don't necessarily like as much. I like the ones that can really hide that.
1: Yeah, and I, I don't know that I would agree that this is a great style um, for new people. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I'm all, I'm all on board for black lager. For yeah, I mean, I think that's a perfect, you know, style. But yeah, I don't know about this one. Yeah, might be a little one. much. Yeah, it <laughs> yeah, might be a little much for new 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 people but what's the one they uh recommend uh that is the commentator uh doppelbach from pollyanna brewing in illinois mm. uh, and says so a big old german lager that will invite the novice drinker as well as the seasoned beer geek uh it's slightly sweet low in bitterness and finishes with a pleasant clean toasty caramel flavor that leaves you wanting more yeah yeah so oh. actually okay, so
0: yeah maybe it's a little bit on the mellower side of the doppelbach uh I mean, it sounds like it's, they've hit the part that I like. It, I'm guessing it doesn't have the high alcohol uh, booziness. I don't, you know, like I said, the sweetness can, be, can really come come out with the alcohol, make it taste more boozy. But if they can hide that, then that's a quality doppelblock in my book. All right. Yeah. So, so the last style they want to mention is the German-style Dunkel. And a German-style Dunkel is also referred to as the Münchner... Munch, how do you say that, monk? Münchner? is that right?
1: Dunkel. Yeah, it's just referring to Munich. Munich, so.
0: a Munich Dunkel, should have chocolate-like roast malt, bread-like or biscuit-like aromas that come off. Oh wait, that come from the use of the Munich dark malt. The beer does not offer an overly sweet impression, but rather a mild balance between malt sweetness and hop character. Now that is interesting. I don't. Uh, I don't necessarily remember Dunkels having much hop character, but maybe I'm maybe I need to have some more Dunkels. I enjoy a good Dunkle, but uh, have you come across with well, hop it, character?
1: It, it, would, it would all be relative, um, you know. The, in these beers, it's not going to be as prevalent um, just because the other flavors. I mean, it's not as big, you okay? Know? Yeah, um, and it's also going to be. Uh, more in vain with the noble hops, so you're yeah. going to have more, um, more of that earthy, Earthiness. spicy yeah. um, type thing going on, uh, which you know is not uh, not anywhere close to the same of all the American hops that True. are all over the place right now. So. Okay, okay,
0: well that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. All right. So the one that they uh, are recommending is the Munich Dunkel by Carver Brewing out of Colorado. It's a German-style Dunkel, sometimes referred to as, uh, as we already mentioned, the Münchner Dunkel. It offers beer fans a dark beer option that is known for a chocolate-like roast malt. Wait a minute. Did I just read this? I'm just reading the same thing. Okay. Despite the flavors, this beer does not offer an overly sweet impression, but rather a mild balance between malt sweetness. Wow. They just kind of repeated the same exact thing that I had in the, in the style. Yeah. Maybe I made maybe I made a mistake and I double copied. So basically, expect a roasty flavors up front, followed by a, a clean lager finish. The Carver Brewing's Dunkel won the gold in 2013 Great American Beer Festival. So obviously you know how to make a good Dunkel because it won the gold. Uh, all right. Anything else you want to comment on that? Do you have any dark beer recommendations uh, for? That they didn't mention as far as uh, what the styles.
1: Uh, I'd go the uh, full session or the full sale session. Yeah, uh, black lager. Black I'm lager. One.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's a great one, and that's available in a lot of areas. So I, I agree. I think if you want to try a dark lager, that's that's uh, easily drinkable it is the session by Full sale.
1: Okay. Yeah, and I, and I have to uh, give you um, a reprieve. They. They copied the uh, style guideline in, in there as well. That wasn't you. Oh, uh,
0: wasn't me. <laughs> it's okay. In the, it's in the,
1: it's in the article. Okay. So, <laughs> yeah, I I put this together uh,
0: rather quickly because I, we were crunched for time, and I didn't. Uh, I guess I didn't do a good enough job <laughs> reading over everything before we started talking. But all right, they made a mistake. I just carried it forward in our conversation. But that's okay. All right, John. So that is our brew buzz, but we do have an article that we'd like to discuss, and this one was a fun article that uh, you know was on uh, that that is on a, a publication that I browse every so often. Sometimes they have some good stuff on it, and it's called October, and it's uh, oc.co Is the uh, the path on the interwebs that you can get to, and the article that was uh, written, is Nissan makes a van capable of being a mobile bar. And this was an interesting article because they showed a picture of it, and it's literally one of those new small Nissan cargo vans that they're selling, you know, for using around for businesses and such, that has three taps on the outside and is able to hold a bunch of beer, which is pretty pretty cool because we like to drink beer. And um, I just want to, uh, you know, quickly kind of uh, highlight some of the key things the article talked about. We'll have a link in our show notes so you can read the whole article. It's a lot more detail on what they were trying to do. I just want to highlight some of the stuff. But basically, the automobile industry, they have a common practice for car makers to organize these media drives where they select certain, um, you know, journalists to come and review their their automobiles to provide their – experiences to the new new models on entering the market. So Nissan found a way to showcase the numerous capabilities of their new, or at least their NV200 compact cargo van, uh, by embracing two attractions at their San Diego location uh, in California that were renowned for surfing and beer. Now, we're going to talk about a beer one, but they also had a, a surf shop van. But who cares about that? We just care about beer. Uh, they said that we conducted the launch of the San Diego... And we built two unique vehicles for it. Uh, Let's see. One was the Nissan NV200 mobile surf van shop, blah, blah, blah. The other one was the beverage truck uh, from Stone Brewing in San Diego. And it was kind of uh, there to to promote uh, Stone Brewing's opening of their World Bistro and Gardens. So, uh, anyway. so. But from a hop lover's perspective, the side of the tap protruding from the NV200 side panel adorned with Stone's signature gargoyle mascot and gothic-style script certainly in- induced some drool after a long drive along Southern California shoreline. Their signature IPA poured flawlessly with just enough carbonation for a solid head. The temperature was ideally set at approximately 50 degrees Fahrenheit to enhance the hop notes while refreshing the palates of both brew-affirmedia of of aficionados and thirsty novices now they say the van would also work well for outdoor events such as beer fests, company outings particularly because the nv200 doesn't require a lot of space it's a small you know small profile van Uh, the van holds three 15 gallon kegs that are stored in a large refrigerator in the back the beer lines run from the refrigerator to the three taps on the side of the van as well as hold two co2 tanks now I thought this was pretty interesting and I liked the article because I wanted to ask you, John, in the future of Trek Brewing, I'm not talking now, but maybe in five years from now, when you get, you know, established and everyone is craving for your beers and they want Trek Brewing beer at their functions, whether it's at the state fair or at a county fair or out an opening of a, of a Best Buy or whatever it is, right? Uh, is this something that, might interest Trek Brewing to be able to provide their beer to a mobile location, maybe even to take to a, a company for their, their uh, summer picnic and provide beer for their company outing. Is this something that, that might work for you guys?
1: Uh, m- maybe. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's <laughs> essentially a really expensive jockey box, um, <laughs> but, uh, I've actually, I've seen vans like this before. I know Lagunitas has one. They were showing it off at, uh, the homebrew conference um and i've seen a couple other places that that have them where they they just take whatever van they have and just drill holes in the side of it to yeah to put in the taps and you know um but yeah they're 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 really cool and you know when you wrap them with your logo and everything like completely decked out they they look really sweet mm-hmm. um so yeah they're really cool who knows
0: yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe someday. Uh, out- outdoor concerts. I mean, I know a lot of those places have big distributors that provide the beers. But, I mean, if it's a, a small concert or, you know, an outdoor amphitheater and they want to have a beer garden and and you, know, you quickly just drive your van up, now you've got everything self-sufficient and you just put a, you know, a little canopy up over it to keep, you know, some shade around the taps. And now you're serving up beer in no time. It's a quick, quick... Uh, you know set up and,
1: and yeah heck you can attach the canopy to the side i mean they have that for good <laughs> yeah, you, you know <laughs> yeah park uh hit the button to just let the the canopy come out yeah. automatically yeah, yeah. ready to go yeah <laughs> uh, i i don't know i thought it was kind of
0: a cool idea for the van uh yeah it's a it's a promotional thing they're they're, they're trying to show the different aspects that these vans are universal but hey for beer i'm all for it All right, well, that was uh, the kind of fun article we had. Now, we're not going to talk necessarily about a specific article, but if anyone out in the craft beer world was even awake this last week, then they probably heard of the latest news about two breweries, one brewery being acquired by AB InBev, and another brewery finally giving up the ghost and selling out 100% to big beer. And that would be Wicked Weed. Selling out to AB InBev and, and my beloved Lagunitas, oh Tony McGee decided that he was done with beer, and sold the remaining 50 percent of his company to Heineken, and took a corporate job in the big beer company. Wow, those are two two big news. Now the one that that really surprised me the most was all the all the. All the action that was going on with wicked weed, wicked weed is pretty much in the regular world is an unknown brewery. Only the people like myself and john and and chris and and some people that live in North Carolina really understand how important that brewery is to what they do with their sour program their funcatorium, you know you know that kind of business, but for the most part they don 't distribute anywhere except for North Carolina and they have some a small distributorship in Colorado, and that's it. So really, nobody really should know about this brewery. But my gosh, it was the biggest hype news stuff going on. Everyone was coming out of the woodwork, you know, throwing you know throwing eggs at them and stuff. And I thought it was really sad because, hey, these guys are just there to try to make their business plan work. Yeah, are they turning their backs on the the craft independent brewers? Maybe, but if they have a goal. And their goal is to whatever, you know, to, to get their brand out and be able to, to do what they, what they're doing and, and also protect their employees. That's the key. They want, really want to protect their employees and give them, you know, a better lifestyle. And they decided that that the way to do that was to sell to the AB and Biv high, what do they call that? The high end craft. High end. High yeah. end beer uh, movement. Uh, but man. Breweries and I mean everyone's coming out and and crapping all over them, and it really kind of made me sad because I, they don't need that kind of crap. But I will say that he did that the owner you know part, the the co-owner of the brewery came out and did an interview with Men's Journal and I posted it on our Facebook page. So go out and read that article. And I thought he really you know came out and and was positive against all this criticism he was receiving. He had a really a positive spin on everything and i have to applaud him for not just you know burying his head and, and and ignoring everything he he believes he made the right choice but john what is your thoughts yeah, on yeah. this
1: and th- that was one of my things when i saw that uh, article i was kind of surprised because it's you know maybe i'm misremembering but it's felt like when all these uh big sales have happened that most folks seem to just uh you know put their head down and wait for the storm to clear yeah. before they actually talk to anybody. And, you know, he was out there immediately, you know, yeah. talking about it. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, we've discussed at length, uh, about how we don't really care. And as long as, you know, the product is still good, mm-hmm. we'll continue to drink it. Cause that's what we're here for. Good beer, not, you know, something that's, Defined in in <laughs> some way and by a lot of rules and and everything. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I have not had any wicked weed beer. Um, I haven't been to North Carolina to get any. Yeah. So, um, but uh, it's not going to stop me in the future from no. trying it. Yeah. So. Um, but you know, I I did find it interesting. I guess people. I guess one of the reasons that the, this hit people really hard is because they have their big Funkatorium Invitational or something like that, uh, where they you know bring in a whole bunch of brewers from across the country and to pour beer. And um, tickets were supposed to go on sale for that uh, the Saturday following yeah. the the news break, which they pushed that back. You know, and I, I think that was part of part of the thing that people were. Uh, angry about um and it sounds like there are breweries pulling out of that event um which kind of surprised me because uh the pumpkin beer festival didn't seem to be impacted at all yeah by elysian um selling so uh but who knows maybe people just don't care about elysian as much i don't know <laughs>
0: but i don't know maybe but and that's the thing is the other thing is that That whole – in that article in the Men's Journal, I didn't realize that, you know, that whole beer festival that they're doing is all 100% donated to charity. It's a charity event. And, uh, you know, so people that are deciding to pull out of that, they aren't pulling away – I mean, they're pulling away, but they're actually pulling away from a charitable event, not just because of of the fact that the person holding it is no longer – you know, in the the craft beer world, because they sold out, which is kind of sad and kind of you know. I mean, they're they're still trying to do good for, you know, for their community. So, you know, do do good for for the goodness of doing good, and and maybe may not like what they did, but they still make good beer and they're doing a good thing. So why not support the good thing they were doing? And it's not the big beer that's doing a good thing. It's that brewery. They're the ones doing a good thing. They, they had this whole beer festival up well before they decided to sell and they're continuing to do it. So, uh, you know, support them in that way. And the other thing is I'm so tired of hearing about, you know, how this 10th brewer now to, to sell out to this high end, high stakes beer portion of ABM Bev is hurting the craft beer community you know what, John, there's going to be 6,000 craft beer breweries. You think all 6,000 breweries are going to be affected by 10 beer company, you know, breweries going and uh, and, and going to AB InBev? I, I'd hope not. Now, is it affecting maybe some of the breweries that have asp- you know aspirations to spread distributorship across the United States and become big uh, 100,000 100, barrel breweries? Maybe that's going to affect them, but... I don't know if necessarily it's going to affect you. Is it going to affect you no, in Newark, it, it, Ohio? It,
1: it affects shelf space and uh, tap handles out at, at main bars. If, if you're a little place focusing on your own tap room, you're sheltered from this as yeah. long as you know you're putting out a quality product. Yeah. Um, but this does it, it is affecting shelf space. Uh, you know, in in Seattle, uh, after a lesion went, um, you know, and. Uh, but before that, I I mean, when 10 barrel was bought, uh, both of those breweries started taking up a lot more shelf space in the, in the, uh, um, grocery store, you know, they were taking away space that had previously been to other craft breweries. Um, and, uh, you know, I've noticed here in Ohio, uh, golden road is in the, in the, uh, grocery store. Yeah. Yeah which it wasn't in Washington. Uh, we got golden road there, but it was in the big box, uh, beer stores. Yeah. Um, but here it's in the grocery stores and, you know, that's taking away shelf space from those other breweries who are having trouble growing. And, you know, that's, you know, it's, it's kind of a cascading effect though, when, you know, these brewers are selling because they see it as the best way to grow and actually be able to distribute, um, and then in as a consequence of that uh you know because AB swings a big hammer um that it takes away shelf space in the craft section for those that are you know by BA definition still craft brewers yeah yeah um
0: but 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 that's but, a different uh, that's a different fight though there's a there's definitely a problem with the way that we do dis- distribution of alcohol That needs to be revamped so that, you know, the that there's that these bigger beers companies can't be swinging that big hammer. That that's a whole different thing. That's still going to be an effect. Even yeah, we now now instead of having all Bud Coors, Bud Light, and and their crappy beers taking up the shelf space, yeah, now some of that space is being taken up by their
1: craft line. But in reality, it's still the. it's not their space, though, that's being taken up. That's the thing. It's the the space that had been carved out for craft. That craft space is now being taken up by AB brands. And, and you know, not their fake craft that they yeah. all tried for a little while and failed miserably. Um, you know, it's the their acquired brands. And, you know, that grows. I mean, the, you know, where in the grocery here, you know, most places... Have one or two six pack offerings in the grocery. Uh, Golden Road has four. Um, so, you know, they're as far away as you can get um, from Ohio. And uh, they have more offerings than anyone else, you know, including, you know, the Sierra Nevadas and New Belgiums. So so they took the spot out of uh, Jackie O's? Uh, there is Jackie O's still available.
0: Okay. Yeah. I mean, they're going to have the local stuff. I go into my Albertsons or my Fred Meyer, and, yeah, there's space there. But that space was already there with the 10-barrel beers and the and Elysian and, and such. And
1: it, I yeah. still have a ton of local options that are in my there, store. Yes, there are local options. But, like, when Elysian was bought, Elysian was in Seattle grocery stores, obviously. Mm-hmm. see, Elysian space doubled in the same area that it was already in. The, the shelf space it took up doubled. So I think that's where people in the industry get concerned of, okay, well, as they buy it out, everything that we've worked so hard to get ground here is all going to go back to and as they keep buying up these brands and pushing them nationally.
0: Mm-hmm. So,
1: you know, the, that's where the, the concern is from the, those folks. And, you know, time will tell uh, if that proves out. Um, but uh, you know that's why you're having a lot of issues with uh, these larger, but not quite. You know th- these regional breweries um, are are really struggling right now because it's really hard to, you know, have the quality that you can be national without issue, and you know that there's a lot of logistics that go into all of that. Yeah. So 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 that's, I agree. The regional
0: breweries are definitely going to feel the hit harder than the mama pop breweries that are, you know, every town is coming up with one now. I mean, I, for you, you're not planning on packaging, so yeah, does it affect you getting into restaurants and stuff? Yeah, because but you know what, you're going to be in those restaurants anyway because all the chain restaurants have all got AB Bev or Coors that they're just, you know, they're, they're filling up with their taps. But is is it going to affect you getting into sports bars and these, and these bars that have 60 taps? I don't I don't think so. I think you're going to be able to be good there, and any brewery your size is going to be good there. As long as you don't plan on trying to, you know, make it big, then you should be okay. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think the whole distributor thing needs to be relooked at. That's a whole different issue.
1: Yeah, it's a di- discussion for a different yeah, day.
0: Yeah, yeah. But uh, I don't know. I I have a whole different thing. I am all looking forward to Wicked Weed coming into Boise. So come on, Ab and Bev, uh, start ramping out those those six packs so I can start finally drinking their beer. Because I'm looking forward to trying uh, uh, some of their some of their good beer if if they get to be that big. But again, they're only planning on what, what they. I don't remember what they said in the article. They're only planning on doing like forty thousand barrels or something like that a year. So, you know.
1: Well, this, this year. This year, so. so... And he said, we'll see what next year brings. Yeah, which which yeah, will be doubled. They're going to expand. Yeah, yeah,
0: I'm assuming it would be doubled. Why why would they do it if it wasn't going to double their capacity, at least? The next news of the week, of course, I already mentioned, was Laguanitas, uh, Tony McGee, deciding that it was time to sell off the remaining 50% of his brewery to Heineken. Uh, and like I said, take that corporate job of, of marketing his... Uh, the craft beer segment of, of that company. So John, yeah. what do you think about that decision?
1: Yeah, this one was more surprising to me than wicked weed. Yeah. Um, you know, I expect Domino's to fall in the, you know, in the category of wicked weeds acquisition, uh, from time to time. But, uh, it, it has seemed though that once a brewery sold a, a nice healthy steak, that's just what it was, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah. So this one, this one definitely surprised me, especially with Tony McGee taking a position. Although we'll see if that's a, uh, we're keeping you on for, you know, PR purposes for like, we're retaining you for the next 12 months. And at that point he'll be like, I've just decided to, you know, strike out on my own, <laughs> uh, type type deal. Yeah. Um, yeah. but, uh, yeah, that one was, uh, was a lot more surprising. And I, I I don't know. Uh, it's I don't I don't feel like it really affects uh how they're doing business at all. Um I feel like anything that they uh would have been doing like they were going to do anyway mm-hmm. um with the previous arrangement since I mean, it was 50%, yeah. you know. Uh so I, I mean at the end of the day it probably doesn't mean that much. Um you know, relative to I mean, it's it, there's gonna be a lot of changes for Wicked Weed. I don't think there's gonna be much change in the the current aspirations and goals of what Lognius has become. Um but it's still I think the it this happening, uh, I, I would not have guessed that this would happen, I guess. So Yeah, to me is to, what, to what I'm trying to get at.
0: Yeah, to <laughs> to me, Tony McGee just took his golden parachute. He said, I'm done, I'm tired. It was a fun ride. I enjoyed building what we built. And now I'm, I'm old, and I want to just uh, relax and do what I feel like doing. And he kind of just, you know, gave in, which is fine. I don't have a problem with that. You know, that's the thing is these craft beer companies that have been doing this for 20, 30 years, they have to have an end game. They have to have an end, an out Right. They're not going to be able to go on forever. Either they're going to leave the business to a family member or to one of the other owners. They're going to, you know, get out that way or, or do something, or they're going to sell out to big beer. And I think that's what Tony ended up doing. He sold out to a company that he felt was not as bad as AB InBev. Okay. That's great. But what kicks, but what really bugs me is that just a year ago, Two years ago, he was the same as these other brewers that have been bad mouthing and writing all these ridiculous letters about you know how great the you know that they are because they're not caving into the big beer and all that. Well, guess what? He caved in. I mean, he he did. He just he, he sold out, and that that just kind of irks me. Just like, two years ago, he was you know he was on the was on the other foot, and he was the one. Bad mouth and all these guys that were selling out, and now he's sold out. So, um, am I still gonna drink their beer? As long as it stays good, yeah. But I will say, I have been disappointed in their beer. I've also been disappointed in some of the beer that Ten Barrel's been putting out. Uh, so it's not just Lagunitas. It's it's you know Ten Barrel's quality I think has gone down a little bit since they were producing at a smaller level. Um. Maybe they just made, you know, there's, there's no longer to have that extra pizzazz. I, I don't know. Uh, Elysian still is making good beer. I, I don't see that their beers changing as much as the other the other two, but... Uh, and I think Lagunita is just because they're producing just so much, I, I don't know. It just, like, honestly, that cappuccino stout really just disappointed me. It wasn't as good as I remembered from before. I know you, John, liked it, but I was sorely disappointed, and I had it again after that night, and I was just as disappointed the second time I had it. After we recorded, I something is—it's just not good to me. I don't like that beer. Maybe it's my palate, or maybe it's you know the—it's—it's it's, uh, you know mass producing. I'm not sure, but yeah, that was all I wanted to say about that. You have any any last uh, words?
1: Uh, not really. I mean, I—I I don't think this is the last time we'll ever talk about this stuff either. No, no, yeah. no. So, but I mean, it, 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 at least the, the, uh, the golden parachute aspect of it, you know, uh, I think we're going to be seeing that a lot more with some of these, uh, breweries that have been around for a yeah. long time. Yeah. And, you know, that's just, a it's a product of a maturing industry, um, which, uh, you know, I saw a presentation, um, by, uh, Bert Watson, who's, uh, the, uh, Association like economist. Um, and you know, there's been all, all this talk about is the, when is the bubble gonna burst? Uh, you know, this can't be sustained and all that. And um they've actually been doing a lot of studies with the you know the craft beer industry relative to other industries that have grown up and uh the you know the growth that we're seeing and uh you know it, it's it's showing that at least they project that we'll be able to sustain as a country, you know, in the 7,000 to 8,000 brewery range. That's where it's going to kind of level off and we won't have this huge period, you know, where 10 places open and maybe one place closes or a quarter of a place closes, you know, over that same time, you know, that continues to happen. Um, it's going to be more of a one-in-one-out um it's going to be a lot more on quality, and you know the huge majority of those places are going to be hyper local. Yeah, you're not going to have all of them out there fighting for shelf space, yeah. or, like we we're talking about before, and and all that. Uh, but at the same time, um, a lot of those bigger places, um, you know that that have been around, you know, those guys aren't going to live forever. They're they're not going to want to work forever. Uh, necessarily uh, so they are going to need an out and you know that's what we're seeing with some of this and yeah it hurts but it's you know partly a sign that things have been very successful you mm-hmm. know and that everything's going well yeah. Uh, yeah. so you know there's different ways to look at it I'm I'll never begrudge anybody for you know doing what they feel is best for them and you know their baby that they've you know, nurtured from infancy, yeah, you know um but uh yeah it won't be the last time we talk about it, but i'm I'm curious if we end up hitting some kind of stasis, <laughs> you know? yeah, we never know, we never know it's just uh
0: I, and it's not gonna be the last acquisition we hear about this year. this is only the beginning, so we'll I'm sure we'll have at least two more. Two or three more before the the year's end, so we'll we'll find out any any guesses on the next
1: breweries you think will be picked up by big beer? No no idea <laughs> no no idea you don't to throw out a guess it's a um although you know I will say there seems to be a pattern at least for a b um that they tend to be picking folks uh in that thirty to forty thousand barrel range mm-hmm. you know that are you know, kind of, uh, choked off at the root, you know, that can't capital is just not there to, to make the next big jump. Um, that seems to be their sweet spot. And I don't know if that's, you know, a, a spot where they feel the money is right, uh, for the risk, you know, kind of deal. Um, you know, too big. They're spending too much, and maybe the return isn't there. Too small. Who knows what could happen? You know, they're not established enough, or something like that. You know, I don't know. But I, I guess that that would be the area I'd look at is those places in that maybe thirty to fifty. I'll expand it to the fifty. Okay. You know, in that that barrel range would be my my guess. We'll continue to see.
0: Okay. All right. All right. So maybe uh, Mad Tree Brewing. Maybe, maybe. Cigar City. <laughs> maybe uh i mean uh i mean there's a i mean i i hope i hope that uh you know the shoots stays uh independent uh that would really sad well, if
1: they, the, i think they're well past that
0: yeah that point yeah they're past that point They're expanding and yeah they've already expanded across the no,
1: their their channels are well established, and I think that's the thing. Is these folks are having trouble getting their channels established, yeah, and how to how to meet that demand while you know keeping everything good, yeah. So, but
0: but nobody expected Lagunitas to sell out, you know, two hundred fifty thousand barrels, right? And they're sold out to Hennekin. I mean, that's that surprised a lot of people.
1: Yeah, but uh, like I said, my caveat is this is what I see for the next AB. Okay. The next AB BEV one because, uh, yeah, the Heineken one is completely different. Uh, Constellation buying Ballast Point. Um, yeah. That was insane. Uh, for the price. <laughs> um, for
0: the $1 billion price tag is ridiculous. That seems way insane. Yeah.
1: And um, I don't have a firm recollection of the – Miller Coors hasn't been as active. They've, you know, picked up a, a handful, but I can't recall the their yeah they did the terrapins so.
0: right. They did terrapin and did they do back uh, devil's backbone? What is that? Not devil's backbone. Back- mm. <laughs> devil's back something. I don't know. I have to think about that. But yeah, I think they've had a couple smaller ones. That uh, are all right. We've we've talked enough about that, John. But uh, yeah, we'll talk about it more later in the year. All right, John. Guess what? It is uh, time to come to a close this episode. So before we do that, I want to give you the opportunity to raise a glass. So who would you like to raise a glass to tonight?
1: Uh, I'm gonna raise a glass to my wife, Kristen. Uh, as you mentioned, she's been working hard, keeping Facebook and Twitter and everything up to date. She's writing the blog on the uh brew on our website. Um and she's obviously way more consistent than I ever was. Um <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, she's good. Um yeah, she's just doing an awesome job. Uh so uh my my I raise my glass to her as we approach Mother's Day here. So,
0: yeah, yeah, and with that being said, I, that's what my first uh glass raising is to all the mothers out there. Uh, happy Mother's Day because this will be coming out right before Mother's Day. Go out there and uh celebrate your moms, and for all the moms out there, cheers to you. And uh, the other one I want to mention is our buddy Chris McKenzie, he will be. Traveling to Asheville, North Carolina, the home of Wicked Weed. He will be at Wicked Weed, I'm sure, to try out their beers because, uh, you know, hey, if you go to Asheville, you got to try the beer uh, during uh, May 13th to 17th. And he put out an invitation to all of our listeners that, hey, if you're going to be in the area at that time, make sure you let him know so that he can meet up with you and have a beer. And we already have one taker, uh, Dustin. He stepped up to the call and he will be meeting with Chris and Megan while, because uh, he's, he's going to be out in that area at the same time that they're there. So that's fantastic. We already got one meetup. Hey, let's make it more than one. I want to see all the pictures of you guys drinking beers uh, in Asheville. And of course, I have to raise my glass to all the servicemen and women out there. Being a former serviceman, I know how hard it is to sacrifice your time away from your families to go and protect our freedoms here in the States. So cheers to you and come home safe to your families really soon. And uh, we don't have a tasting note segment uh, beer yet, John. Uh, I'm going to leave that up to you yeah. since you know what uh, we can get out here on the West Coast and what you have available. So give me a hint uh, and we'll get one going maybe next episode.
1: Yeah, maybe we'll try to find something. We'll put it out on on Twitter and Facebook and let people know what we're going to do. All right. So. Sounds good. All right. And you
0: can find the beers and, of course, the links to our articles we mentioned on the show notes, which are located on the show post at com. And if you'd like to follow us on social media, I can be found on Twitter, Instagram, and Untapped at Loose
1: Screw. And, John, how can our listeners follow you? Twitter at Prime Brewing, Untapped Prime, W-A, or you can follow the brewery. Trek Brewing on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Trek Brewing or visit the site trekbeer.com.
0: Excellent. All right, John, it is last call. Time to bring this show to a close. We want to thank you for downloading and listening to this show. We ask all of you to please tell a friend and subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn, Google Play, and now Podbean or however you listen to your podcast. And as a reminder, we do release a new show every two weeks. So go out there and spread the good word of craft beer. Cheers.